It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. And yes! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Jason and I switching positions. Uh, Jason uh, had the first hour. I guess I get the second hour. Uh, Jason's on his way to uh, call a high school football game. I'm actually out of town, but doing this uh, ahead of time. But still trying to find some fun and unique and different stuff for you here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, also streaming online, 106.9thefan.com and the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. A lot of different ways to interact with the show and listen and uh, take us with you in podcasts of past shows, past interviews, also there. And uh, coming up a little bit of a, you know, a fun interview. Uh, uh, it's a, we'll take a break from football for a minute and we'll talk some basketball. Utah State basketball has their training camp underway. I had a chance to catch up with uh, Coach Ryan Odom. Got a chance to go uh, peek in at uh, the tail end of what their practices here recently. So that will be coming up as we uh, start previewing the upcoming basketball season for Utah State. As they've got an event coming up a week from today in the spectrum. And really, honestly, the last chance and only chance for the public to see what this team looks like before they're really underway for their season. So we'll explain that in the course of the interview as well. But uh, just another reminder about what's going on tonight for high school football around the area for Region 11. So a couple different ways to follow the games. And for some of these, it's it's going to be senior night for some of these games, which can be you know, interesting and add another extra level of, uh, of emotion and excitement for what's on the line. And we'll start in Garland, where Bear River is hosting Ridgeline tonight. It'll be the senior night for the Bears hosting Ridgeline. And um, you know, Ridgeline's still the top uh, rated team in the RPI standings uh, for the uh, for for Region 11 and in all of uh, uh, 4A throughout uh, the UHSAA rankings that came out. But it's still a pretty close race with uh, when you look at the overall uh, region standings specific. So a couple different ways to follow this game tonight. It'll be on 104.9 The Ranch for those wanting to follow Bear River. Clint Payne and Jardine Nesson will be on the call. Uh, options to listen on cashvalleydaily.com as well. And then for those that want to listen to the uh, Ridgeline perspective of what's going on in Tremonton, that'll be on 104.5 The Ranch in Cache County with Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger on the call and video streaming on cashvalleydaily.com. For our Bear River friends who are not in the area, can't make it to the game, but want to watch the game, that's the way to watch it. For uh, Ridgeline and Bear River fans to watch that one, go to the Ridgeline stream because they uh, have the the green light to have video uh, for their broadcast of the game. So watch for that. It's on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, 104.5 The Ranch in Cache County, 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County for that matchup. Uh, the other game going on in in uh, in Region 11 tonight, which will be senior night in Smithfield when Skyview hosts Mountain Crest. A historic rivalry there 
uh, two teams that are playing pretty tough uh, coming off of victories. Now, Skyview has won a couple in a row. Mountain Crest won their game last week. Um, but uh, this will be an interesting and historic rivalry between these two teams and close to each other in the RPI standing. So a lot on the line in this one. And uh, that game will be here on the fan coming up uh, next hour, starting at 645, Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis on the call. And also streaming, video streaming on CashValleyDaily.com if you can't make it or if you want to check in on other games. That's how you do that. But uh, it'll also be on 107.7 KLZX. So multiple ways to follow that game tonight in uh, in Smithfield. And then last but not least, a unique venue and another opportunity for Logan High to play on Merlin Olsen Field. They got to do that earlier in the season when they hosted uh, Bonneville from Idaho in the Rocky Mountain kickoff. But because of situations at the Logan Grizzly football field, they're going to be back there again. So they'll be there tonight hosting Green Canyon. So if you want to go see Green Canyon at Logan, don't go to Logan High School you have to go up to Utah State University. And that'll be Jason Walker and Josh Anderson on the call. And it'll be on our sister station, KVNU 106. Excuse me, not here. 106. It'll be 102.1 FM, 610 AM on KVNU. Also on 100.9 Light FM. And uh, video streaming on CashValleyDaily.com. So multiple ways to follow these games. We'll have... All the links and information is up on cashvalleydaily.com if you want to go back and if you're not sure who's playing where or how to follow along, we have all of it listed and published on Cash Valley Daily. So a uh, fun uh, night for high school football, uh, and uh, we'll see how things play out. We'll have the scoreboard up later in the evening, uh, opportunities to go back and, and watch replays of the games, photo galleries of the games, all on Cash Valley Daily is a great clearinghouse for all these things that are taking place for high school football. Uh, but shifting from high school football to college basketball, uh, the Utah State men's basketball team had a you know, pretty solid run with uh, Coach Ryan Odom. And uh, what they did as a, with him as a new head coach, uh, opportunity to play well in the uh, Mountain West Conference tournament, took Colorado State to the wire, ended up going to the NIT and uh, played a tough Oregon team. And there's a good number of these players that are coming back on this squad for Utah State, but also a lot of new faces as well. And uh, how are they integrating together? What was the offseason like for them? And what's the leadership on this team looking like? All the questions that are gonna that uh, I'm going to be asking of Coach Ryan Odom. And I was able to catch up with him and uh, get an idea of what this basketball team looks like for this upcoming basketball season. Utah State basketball practices are underway. And uh, some new faces, some old faces returning as well. Coach Odom is back for another season at Utah State. And Coach, first, uh, let, let's just start off with you know, how was your off season? In uh, I know it's a, a busy time trying to recruit players and assemble your roster, and also your your schedule for the upcoming year. But what was the off season like for you? It was a lot of fun. You know, uh, when you first you know take over a job and you're in year one. You know, you can you can sometimes feel like you're you know drinking water through a fire hose, you know, and and uh, a little bit crazy trying to get adjusted. And uh, we were really fortunate last year uh, that you know we inherited some great kids, and uh, you know we had a fun season. Uh, we had a, a disappointing 
you know, end to the year, and certainly we wanted to continue to advance, you know, in the NIT and, and also in the conference tournament. But, you know, we fared pretty well against a good Colorado State, Colorado State team, and, and uh, you know, they uh, came out on top there on the last, last play. But, you know, the summer was good. Uh, our guys worked really hard, and, and uh, you know, in the summers you're really trying to work on the individual player and, and try to help them improve on some of the areas that certainly need work. And then you're really trying to develop your team chemistry and, uh, and get stronger, quicker, faster, tougher in the weight room. And so I, I feel like we feel like our guys did a great job of that this summer. They understand how hard it is to win in our league. And, uh, you know, the summer kind of in the spring uh, and what now is the fall really prepare you for, for the tough Mountain West. And now we're beginning to put the pieces together and, and start our practices. So to answer your question, we tried to really focus on, you know, being more connected and improving our culture and really diving into that uh, while getting tougher collectively uh, and then implementing our new faces, you know, into our program, which has been you know, seamless, quite honestly. So what have, what have been some of your early reactions to training camp? Uh, and it's, it's, it's infant, it's, it's pretty young, but the couple of practices in as a team, how's it going so far? Yeah, it's going really well. Uh, you know, our guys have worked really hard so far, and as you would expect, you know, in your first couple of practices. But, you know, our guys have been back since, you know, late August, you know, the week before school started here. Uh, you know, our guys were back and, and kind of getting after it a little bit. And so we've been in the gym. It's not like we haven't been in the gym. They've been in the gym together as a team. And, and so, you know, it's a little bit anticlimactic sometimes when, you know, it's not like it used to be on October 15th, you know, when, you know, there's midnight madness and all that kind of stuff. You've kind of been going all summer and, and throughout the fall. Uh, you're just going more consecutive days now. And so I think that's the challenge. You know, it's harder on your body, and our guys certainly are, are doing their best to make sure that they're healthy and and, uh, and recovering and doing all the right things nutrition-wise to, to keep themselves hydrated and ready for practices. And, and the practices are longer this time of year, and you're trying to put things in. You have to stand around sometimes to get that done, and uh, it requires you to be, really recover quickly and get going. And, and really focused mentally. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you're kind of running the gamut, you know, of physicality, banging against one another, but also having to use, you know, your mind to really focus and remember, you know, responsibilities, plays, and, and defensive coverages and all that kind of stuff. So feel good about where we're at in the first few days. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to, uh, you know, continue to develop the team. Well, and I guess to that also, just, you know, you've got more time to integrate the new players with ones you had coming back. So how how has that been working and getting the new players up to speed with your style and how you want things to do? I mean, last year you were coming in and implementing something that was new to everybody. Well, most no everybody. Doubt. I mean, Brandon Horvath and RJ notwithstanding. But but yeah. uh, for, for this year, there's some more of that institutional muscle memory for some of these guys, but for others, it is new. Yeah, no question. And we certainly change things from year to year offensively and add new things and, and certainly defensively as well. We try to, you know, keep it fresh and, and make sure that what we're doing fits our personnel. And certainly this next year's team 
it's going to be a little bit different. You know, our our five man last year was Brandon Horvath. He would you, you would see him rebounding the ball and, and initiating offense and dribbling it up the court. May not see that quite as much. You know, this year there's there's probably only one five man that you know would do that at this point, and that's that's Dan Aachen. Uh, you know, Daniel a uh, little bit like Brandon or a lot like Brandon, you know, played for us at UMBC for four years. And uh, he knows how kind of how we do things. Even though what we're doing uh, is different and his teammates are different, he has a feel for how we coach. And, and so that's kind of old hat for him. It's pretty, it'll be pretty cool for us to finish it out his last year. Taylor Funk, you know, Taylor, you know, committed in April and, and was here a couple of weeks later. And so he really hit the ground running. He, he quite honestly, he hasn't even been home to Pennsylvania at this point. Wow. And so he's been here all summer. He's, he's soaked in everything that Cache Valley and Utah in general have with his teammates. Uh, he's been to Bear Lake. He's done all kinds of stuff and uh, been in the gym, you know, and in the weight room and, and really developing that, you know, uh, chemistry that's so important, uh, you know, from a teammate's perspective. And so that's been huge. I mean, it's rare that you would ever – you know, name a one-year guy a captain. And, you know, it was evident, you know, to our staff and, most importantly, his teammates, that that needed to happen. And so we, we were able to, to name our four captains, Ryland Jones, Sean Bearstow, uh, Stephen Ashworth, and, and obviously Taylor. It's really cool how we did it, too. It was the first time we've ever done it this way. But we had, unbeknownst to our team, we had last year's captain, uh, Miller and Justin Bean announced the new captains, you know, over a video. And uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, to kind of see the, our guys' reaction and just the responsibility and weight of that. You that know, was a cool we, reveal. We, that was cool. Saw so you guys share that on social media. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And, uh, and so, you know, there's a big responsibility to be a captain at Utah State. A lot of great players and coaches that have come before. And there'll be great ones after, you know, uh, our guys leave. And, um, and we want to make sure we're upholding that standard, you know, that's been set, set here for us. And we want to try to increase it. And uh, Taylor's been great. You know, he can really shoot the basketball. He's an all-court player. He's different, you know, than, than Bean. He's probably a combination of Bean and Brandon a little bit because he moves so well and he can handle. Uh, he's a sneaky rebounder. Uh, he scored 1,400 points in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Pretty good. Isaac Johnson's done really well. He's really happy here. Obviously a Utah kid and uh, did really well in high school, went on his mission, ends up at Oregon, and now is back with us uh, doing really well. Mason Falsh, the local legend here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has really surprised. And, and uh, I don't say that in a negative way. It's just you know, I didn't see, I didn't have the benefit of everybody here in Cache Valley watching him live. You know, all of those years, and just to see the combination of athleticism and competitiveness and toughness that he brings. You know, he he's a guy that'll be a captain here one day at Utah State. And I, that really kind of segues into one of the other questions I had for you, and I think you've already kind of alluded to it and answered it. But just, how do you feel about the the leadership of of your team, the the student? athlete leadership that you've got on your squad this year yeah it's pretty it's pretty simple we love it you know uh that's the easy answer we love who we have in those positions and some might say well why do you need four captains you only have 13 guys on scholarship you know 16 on the team 
Well, every year is different. And last year it was important for us to, you know, and with a new staff coming in and, and Brock and Bean had been here, I easily could have made Brandon a captain, but Brandon hadn't done anything here yet, you know, at, at Utah State, nor had I. And I uh, wanted to make sure that those guys, you know, shared in that responsibility to kind of lead the team last year. And now Steven's ready. Ryland's ready. You know, Ryland grew up here. And uh, Sean Bairstow, he's seen Mountain West championships and been a part of winning teams. He knows what it takes. And he knows how hard it is to win because he's seen what we went through last year and so many close losses. And so he's hungry. And, you know, we have a, a saying in our, our locker room that, you know, our guys see every single day. And it's all about our culture and it's behaviors, you know, that we tolerate, behaviors that we celebrate. And so that's our job, not just my job, but it's our team's job. It's certainly our captain's job to make sure that we're not tolerating anything that will lead us down a losing path and that we're celebrating everything that we know is going to help us, you know, uh, compete for a Mountain West championship. And so it's a pretty simple concept. Our guys believe in it and, uh, you know, we're all in on it. Pretty cool experience this last year for Max Shulga to go and represent his country, obviously with everything else that's going on at home for him. But uh, cool to see him uh, represent his country uh, and uh, in some tournament internationally. What was that like for him, and, and how did that help his progression as a player? Yeah, that was huge. I mean, when he first asked me, I was a little bit worried about it because I wasn't quite sure, you know, where they were going to train and how that was going to go. And, you know, they ended up starting in Italy, and then they finished, I think, Romania. I can't remember where it was. And then they went on to the tournament. And it was a great experience for him. I mean, for him to go into the under-20s and average close to 20 a game, I mean, that's, that's pretty special. Uh, not a lot of guys do that. They play in college. And, and those guys are probably playing in the NBA somewhere. And, you know, if you had to ask me who's, who's probably the most improved player so far, it's certainly him. You know, he's – He's a tough guard, you know, at this point. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's really uh, competing on both ends. You know, he's a guy that our guys trust. And, uh, you know, we're excited that, that he's, he's back here for another year. He actually got asked to play in the men's national team, you know, later in August. And, and he had to decline that, you know, just because we were starting school. But he'll be on that national team, you know, in the future for sure. But expecting big things out of Max as he's expecting big things from himself. Coach, last question for me is, uh, as I had a chance to go up and watch a little bit of your practice, um, looked like there were a couple guys who were not practicing. Uh, just talk about the health of some of your players right now. Yeah, we've got a couple of guys that are a little dinged up, which happens this time of year. Uh, you know, Taylor and Ryland. Ryland should be out there next week. You know, pretty quick recovery just with turf toe. Um, not that that's anything to sneeze at. You know, certainly you don't want anybody to have an injury, but he'll be back out there. He's had an awesome summer. I mean, Ryland's done great. Steven had a broken wrist and, and was out for a long time over the summer, and now he's back out there, been back out there for about a month or so and playing really good basketball. And uh, Taylor, Taylor's got a little bit of a fracture in his heel, but he'll be back, uh, you know, as soon as we can get him back. We're not exactly sure when that's going to be, but – He's, uh, it certainly is tracking, you know, before we begin our season. And that's why it was so important for him to get out here early. Unfortunate that he did that. Uh, but, you know, it's part of the game. And uh, we've got a, he's a veteran and, and he'll be back and ready to roll. 
I guess I lied. I have one last question. <laughs> just that you, you've got a cool opportunity coming up, and maybe it's not much of a question, as much of an opportunity for you to talk about your event coming up next week where uh, folks can come out and see what this team looks like. Yeah, no question. It's uh, it's actually our first annual blue-white scrimmage, and uh, we're doing it on homecoming. So, you know, Aggie fans can come and, and have an opportunity to see us, you know, compete against one another in, in sort of a pseudo-open practice. Obviously, we'll introduce the players, sign autographs. Uh, it'll be a fun, a fun day and a uh, fun evening, and uh, and then we'll watch the uh, the Aggies go to war the next the next night uh, in in football. And obviously, it's a big weekend. That's not the only thing that's going on. We've got volleyball, I believe soccer as well. You know that weekend, so it'll be a big homecoming weekend. And for any Aggies uh, that are coming back in town for that or live in Cache Valley that want to come. 7 o'clock Friday night uh, should be a lot of fun. We are not doing an exhibition game. Typically, we would play one, uh, you know, uh, against a non-Division one uh, like we did last year. This year, we're, we're going to have two closed scrimmages uh, against Power 5 teams. So that'll be a good opportunity for us to kind of test where we are. So if you're wanting to see us before game one, uh, you need to get out next Friday night at 7 o'clock in, in the spectrum. Coach, always a pleasure. Appreciate you uh, spending some time with us, and uh, enjoy your weekend, and, and keep working <laughs> on those kids during uh, this uh, training camp. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Coach. A lot of fun talking to Coach Ryan Odom there and uh, getting an idea of what this football team, football, basketball team is going to look like for Utah State uh, coming up this next year. Uh, one of the things about this 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 team is that it looks like they've got some interesting versatility with the different personnel they have and the packages that they can put on the floor. It'll be tough to replace just that high-motor, go-get-whatever-needs-to-get-done player like Justin Bean was for Utah State. But um, I think collectively, it'll be really interesting to see this team come together. Hopefully, you know these injuries uh, heal up quickly. And these guys can uh, get back on the court to help their teammates. But uh, we'll have some more features uh, and more look-ins on Utah State basketball uh, getting ready for their uh, big blue and white scrimmage coming up a week from today. Um, shifting gears real quick. Uh, I know we're going to this week in the Mountain West coming up here shortly. They're going to finish out the hour for us. But some news that I don't know that they'll talk about because this, this uh, I think th- this information came out after they produced their their segment. But news today um, are, <clears throat> that uh, came out just uh, here recently um, that the uh, NCAA has placed Air Force football on probation for two years. Actually, this uh, this came out Thursday. But the based on uh, some – well, they were put on probation and they were issued other penalties for recruiting violations that were done during COVID-19 dead periods. Now, um, there's an issue with some of the staff. Uh, Apparently, there was a a fifth unnamed or four individuals involved in the uh, violations. A fifth unnamed individual is is fighting the allegations. And so it'll go move on to a a, a infractions hearing. But um, this was first reported back in May, and now they've uh, come through with more of the decisions. but uh, you know, the defensive line coach was involved in, in the investigation. 
Um, and uh, he coached the defensive line before he resigning and going to uh, Wisconsin. Um, but uh, some coaches there at Air Force involved with some infractions with recruiting during the dead period. And interesting to see how this continues to gain steam as they will be Utah State football's next opponent next week for homecoming at uh, at Utah State. So Air Force in the news for the wrong reasons this week. That's going to do it for us here on the Full Court Press today. And uh, don't forget, the this week in the Mountain West, coming up next, a bunch of high school football games going on tonight. All the links and details on cashvalleydaily.com. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back at it again on Monday here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. And a reminder, you can check out all of our past shows, our uh, podcasts, old interviews on 106.9thefan.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Hi, this is Terrence Howard. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer, but you can prevent this disease. If you're 50 or older, get screened. Please do everything that you can to stay around for yourself and for your family. Screening saves lives. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Drags the tackler into the end zone. 
He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Greg Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. It's the Week 5 edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Welcome into the show. Excited to take a look at the upcoming slate of action around the Mountain West Conference and to recap the entire Week 4 schedule. UNLV play-by-play voice Russ Langer stopped by to highlight the Rebels' first 3-1 start since 2008 and their upcoming matchup against New Mexico. We're also joined by San Diego State headman Brady Hoke to preview the first conference game of the year for the Aztecs this Friday on the Smurf Turf against Boise State. But first, a look at the Mountain West Players of the Week for Week 4 of the 2020. 22 season. In only one half and three minutes of play against Nevada, Air Force running back Brad Roberts was tabbed as the conference's offensive player of the week for the second time this season and the third time in his career. The senior tailback registered 20 carries for a game-high 123 yards while tying a career-high with three rushing touchdowns and an average of 6.2 yards per rush. The senior out of the Denver suburbs made an impact before watching 13 other rushers tally a carry in the win for the Falcons. Nine of Roberts' 20 carries either went for a first down or a touchdown. Austin Ajake put up a stout effort in UNLV's road win against Utah State and was rewarded with the Mountain West's Offensive Player of the Week award for the first time in his career. The senior linebacker paced all tacklers with 11 total and 7 solo tackles, including a tackle for a loss and a second quarter interception that was followed by a 9-yard return, setting up a scoring drive for the Rebels in their 34-24 win on the road at Utah State. We'll talk to Russ Langer shortly about Ajake's effort. Jack Browning of San Diego State is the Special Teams Player of the Week for Week 4 as the hometown San Diego product made a career-long 50-yard field goal in the Aztecs' 17-14 win over Toledo and landed six of his nine punts inside the Rockets' 20-yard line with three of them coming to rest inside the 10. And the Mountain West Freshman of the Week was Jordan Pollard out of San Jose State. The true freshman linebacker helped the Spartans' defense limit Western Michigan to just six points in a 34-6 Spartans win. Pollard, out of the Los Angeles area, recorded a career-high eight tackles and the first interception of his career while also pacing all Spartan tacklers in the win over the Broncos. All right, let's get into it, taking a look at the Week 4 recaps from around the Mountain West Conference. On Friday night in Colorado Springs, Air Force ran away with a 48-20 victory over Nevada to move to 3-1 and on the season. The Falcons rebounded from a loss to Wyoming with 461 yards on the ground against the Wolfpack, including 14 different rushers registering a carry. Brad Roberts turned in an off Offensive Player of the Week award performance with 123 yards on 20 carries while tying a career high with three rushing touchdowns. Two receivers left, Engel and Jefferson. Jefferson in motion left to right. Handed off Roberts straight ahead. Easy touchdown. Air Force. Brad Roberts, his third rushing touchdown of the night. That was Jim Arthur on the Air Force Sports Network from Learfield on the call. Chevin Cordero and the San Jose State Spartans down Western Michigan in a 34-6 drubbing in Northern California last week thanks to a big offensive day but an even stronger defensive effort from San Jose State. Brent Brennan's squad limited Western Michigan to 201 yards of total offense and the only touchdown recorded by the visitors was on a kickoff return early in the third quarter. The game was 24-6 at that point. Along with the big performance from Cordero, who finished the win 17 of 28 with 250 yards and two scores through the air, Kyrie Robinson stole the show on the ground, tallying 81 yards on 13 rushes, but it was his two rushing touchdowns that iced the game for the now 2-1 and one Spartans. Here's Justin Allegri on Learfield with the call of Robinson's final score of the game. Cordero gives to Robinson over the left side to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, racing to the end zone! Touchdown, San Jose State! 
Kyrie Robinson, second time on the ground tonight. And how about that for an exclamation point? Just one play, and the Spartans are back into pay dirt. 23-yard touchdown. And for the first time since 2007, UNLV defeated Utah State in Logan, Utah, continuing their hot start with a wire-to-wire 34-24 win over the defending Mountain West champions. Rebel quarterback Doug Brumfield threw for a touchdown and rushed for two more, with Aiden Robbins tacking on 81 yards and a second-quarter rushing touchdown as well. At the end of the day, however, it was the defense that stole the show for UNLV, intercepting Logan Bonner of Utah State four times, forcing five total turnovers and limiting the Aggies to just 96 yards rushing. Austin Adjike became the first UNLV Rebel to win the conference's Defensive Player of the Week awards in 2019 with a game-high 11 sacks and his second interception of the season in the victory. Two wideouts to the left, two to the right, back to throw on the play action. Pass intercepted. It's intercepted by the Rebels. Down to the 30-yard line, it's Austin Adjike. The Rebels' tremendous talent at linebacker, Adjike, their top tackler from last year, picks off Logan Bonner. Russ Langer on ESPN 1100 Las Vegas with the call. Russ will join us later on to highlight his thoughts on the 3-1 start for UNLV. And on Saturday at the brand-new Snapdragon Stadium, San Diego State survived against the Rockets of Toledo thanks to a Jordan Bird one-yard rush touchdown in the closing seconds to cement a 17-14 Aztec win. Shotgun. Floyd, touchdown, Aztecs! Jordan Bird, Jordan Bird! That's the legend Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760. Jordan Bird finished with 115 yards on the ground and the game-sealing score with 41 seconds left. That was his second touchdown of the day. Quarterback Braxton Burmeister only passed for 65 yards throughout the entirety of the game, but slung the rock well when it mattered, going 3-for-4 with 25 yards through the air and three rushes for 46 yards in the final scoring drive alone before handing it off to Bird for the game's winning touchdown. And we're very happy now here on This Week in the Mountain West to be joined by San Diego State head coach Brady Hoke. And coach, we'll get right into it. It was a hard-fought game for your side this week. How much does a close game that comes down to the wire like your win over Toledo by a 17-14 to score last weekend tell you about what kind of a team you have this season? Well, number one, it was, uh, it was a great, great way to win a football game. You know, any win is a great win, as you know. But uh, the way our guys stood together and played for each other, I think was really, really special. Uh, really, uh, last, last year, a 12-2 team, uh, we, we uh, had won uh, six games by one score. So it was good to, good to feel this uh, for this football team that they had that belief in what they can do and the hard work and execution of two-minute drill uh, that we work three times a week is really something special. And take us through that last drive from your perspective. It's got to be crazy and uh, energetic to watch your team go on offense with the ball on your own. 33, you got just under three minutes to play, trailing 14 to 10. What was going through your mind when the offense took the field? Well, you know, I felt pretty good about it, even though we, we had struggled some, and, and we've been struggling a little bit from the offensive side of the ball, but we're, we're, making, we're, we're making good uh, uh, way on it. So, but you, you, you just feel really confident, I did, in what the offense was doing because of watching them do it all week and watching them uh, stay together as a unit. I thought, uh, obviously, Braxton uh, taking the opportunities to uh, make things happen with his feet and extend plays. And, and really, um, it, was, it was great to watch that happen. 
and was going to bring up Braxton Burmeister regardless, so I'm glad you did because he didn't necessarily put up big passing numbers in the victory, but as you mentioned, he performed his best when it mattered. He was 3-for-4 four four through the air and added 46 rushing yards in the game-winning drive alone. Uh, what have you seen that contributed to his performance under pressure late in that win over Toledo? You, you know, uh, th that's him. I mean, that that is him. He, he loves uh, to compete. He loves to play. He loves to have the ball in his hands and to make something happen. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I'll feel a little better if we can keep him upright a little bit more, you know, from uh, his standpoint and, and also just from what we're doing as, as an offense. But uh, he, uh, he's really a guy who loves to play the game. Last week marked the second home win in your brand-new home, and now that you've played two games in the state-of-the-art Snapdragon Stadium, what kind of an impact do you think your new digs will have on your current players as well as the future of the program and the San Diego State Athletic Department as a whole? Yeah, I think there isn't any doubt, Matt. The, the, the stadium itself uh, is one of the most uh, uh, fan-friendly friendly, uh, stadiums that I've been around, you know, obviously most of my time's on the – uh, on the sideline, but it's really a great venue. We're really excited about it, and uh, I think, you know, for future Aztecs, it's going to be something they really enjoy. We're talking to head coach Brady Hoke of the San Diego State Aztecs here on This Week in the Mountain West. And Coach Hoke, you're in your second stint at the helm of the San Diego State program after leading the team from 2009 to 2010. It's obviously a very different landscape, both at San Diego State and in college football as a whole. In your eyes, what are some of the biggest differences between your two stints as the head man for the Aztecs? Yeah, well, obviously, you, you look at the landscape of college football, uh, the NIL, Obviously, name, image, and likeness. I think the transfer portal, obviously, is something that we all will have to contend with. And really, uh, you know, and I think some people have really utilized uh, both of those things and sometimes both those things together. But it's uh, obviously the landscape has really changed. Uh, I, I think, you know, for us here, I think we continue to grow as, as a department and as a football team, but uh, uh, we're really excited about where we're at. And, Coach, looking ahead to your Week 5 matchup this upcoming Friday night on the road against Boise State, there's been a lot of noise coming out of Boise and some movement when it comes to personnel both on the roster and the coaching staff. How do you try to block out potential distractions like that when it comes to game planning and then adding a short week on top of that? Yeah, well, number one, the short week is something that, you know, you try and contend with. I think we – we were in pretty good shape uh, as far as preparation. You know, uh, defensively, they're going to be who they are. Offensively, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, a little different. And so uh, we, we've got to do our best to give our guys the best opportunity to win. And I'm excited about uh, uh, us, uh, uh, you know, going out there and, and getting ready and playing a great football team, uh, you know, and a great uh, – uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And last question for you, Coach. You've had some very different games this year when it comes to either a run-and-gun shootout versus a low-scoring slugfest like you experienced last week. As you and your team enter Mountain West play this week for the rest of the schedule, what identity do you hope that your team can assume throughout the rest of the season? Well, you know, I think our identity, we've got to be a team that uh, all three phases have to uh, play together. You know, our kicking game, our offense, and our defense. And I think... Uh, you know, taking uh, uh, the clock a little bit and, and uh, possession of, of, of the football is going to be really important. 
And so uh, I see us being a team that, you know, we're going to be – we're going to play a lot of close games, but we're going to be in there at the end. He's San Diego State Aztecs head coach Brady Ho. Coach, best of luck this week when you head up to Boise to take on the Broncos of Boise State at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on FS1. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on This Week in the Mountain West. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Coming up next, it's UNLV play-by-play man Russ Langer here on This Week in the Mountain West. This is Timmy Chang, head coach of the University of Hawaii football team. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Triber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. It's time for the big hunt. But what do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20 cubic foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance service and sales west on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Your station for local sports. Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Coming into week five play, blazing hot after a 3-1 start, including a 34-24 win on the road at defending Mountain West champs Utah State. The Rebels of UNLV have been the surprise team in the Mountain West Conference so far this season. And we're now joined by radio play-by-play man Russ Langer for UNLV. And Russ, you've called the action for UNLV for over a decade now. Expectations as well as results have been very different this season for head coach Marcus Arroyo and his staff. What has the former Oregon offensive coordinator unlocked this year in the early part of the schedule to have UNLV on pace for their first 4-1 and one start since 2003. Well, I think what he started on lock, Matt, is uh, what, what began when he started a couple of years ago, which is, first of all, trying to get the program turned around in, in every way imaginable. In, in a way, when he got here, it was like, it's like trying to turn around an aircraft carrier when you have a, a when you inherit a situation like that. So he, he had to, first of all, try to obviously work in the, during the first year with what he had inherited coming in. And then, then the real key, 
which is good recruitment. And it takes a couple of years for a new coach to see the results of that recruitment. And that's what he's done. Um, He has shown in the early part of the schedule that the players he's brought in, and there have been dozens of players uh, brought in uh, through the transfer portal, either uh, four-year schools or JUCO. And uh, no one, everyone knew that he had a good reputation uh, for being a solid recruiter, but obviously you need to see results. And in the first four games of the season, we're seeing those results now. Um, he has also, with that, he's tried to change the mindset of the program uh, to to just basically look at toughness and commitment and things like that. I mean, a lot of coaches talk about alignment and assignment, and, and Coach Arroyo is into that. But he's, he's trying to take it a step further because last year um, the Rebels only won two games, but six of their losses were by one score where they, where they were one play away essentially uh, whether it was making a stop or not giving up a big play or simply executing uh, a basic play on offense to get a first down uh, where they were coming up short and that uh, they've worked hard to clean those things up. The other thing that Marcus Arroyo has done is he's with his training staff uh, and the strength and conditioning uh, coordinator, they have worked to make the team physically more formidable and everyone that was in with the program last year seemingly has bought in because the theme coming into spring camp this year was bigger, faster, stronger. And sometimes that only sounds like some kind of a saying uh, that, that, that you read somewhere, but that's, <laughs> that is manifesting itself on the field. This is a much tougher defense. This is a much tougher, uh, bigger and stronger elements on offense as well. And so you put all that together, the Rebels are off to their best start since 2008. My colleague Nick Crackman asked Coach Arroyo on this show last week about the impact of the transfer players on this UNLV team this season in general. You got guys like Aiden Robbins, Ricky White, Adam Plant, and Jordan Morgan, to name just a few, guys that are making impacts in this year after transferring. And Coach Arroyo said that that was all a part of their plan from the start. Have these transfer players performing well been the single biggest change in your eyes from a winless team two years ago until now? You can make a strong case for that, no question. I think it, the, the other thing is that Doug Brumfield, who showed very early last year uh, of before he got injured, what he was capable of when healthy, uh, he's picked that up. Now, obviously, Brumfield staying healthy is huge. They need to keep him on the field. And uh, the, through four games, he's taken some solid hits. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope. In fact, the one play in the North Texas State game we made, he scored that touchdown on a scramble. And, uh, you know, I thought he was going to break his neck going in the end zone where he got flipped over like that. Um, so, you know, he's, he's making better decisions, and he's definitely been more efficient in the, in the passing game than they, the Rebels have had at quarterback for quite some time. And uh, so those are those are several of the elements that uh, that have contributed to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons that this team has been so excited has been the high flying offense to this point. And now that Brumfield A has been putting up the results on the field and B and maybe even more importantly, remained healthy. It's led to a potent offense. But in your eyes, what's been the best part of the sophomore signal caller skill set on the field this year? Well, I think it's I think it's improved decision making. You know, he's always had the physical skills, but he's learned a lot from the experience he got last year and now the early part of this year. So he's, you know, he'll, he'll throw the ball away before taking a sack. Now he's been sacked a few times. Um, and, and the rebels, that's one thing they need to clean up. They're not, uh, they're in the bottom 20 in the nation, I think in terms of, of big losses, uh, large losses as far as yards are concerned, but he's definitely overall 
improves his decision-making. Joined here on This Week in the Mountain West by UNLV play-by-play broadcaster Russ Langer. And Russ, you've talked about the improved decision-making of quarterback Doug Brumfield. And one of the side products is that that's led to a turnover margin this year that's been really impressive. It's been a battle that UNLV has won in every game so far. Their plus-nine turnover ratio ranks second in the country behind only USC. What's been the biggest contributing factor this year so far, whether it be the efficiency of Brumfield and the offense as a whole or the ball-hawking ability in the hands of the defense? What's been the number one factor for you in this turnover margin? Well, I think you have to, you have to credit both sides of the ball, but pr- principally the defense. Again, when, when you – and I think the root of it is not only better execution, as we, we talked about earlier – but also uh, the bigger, faster, stronger element of, of the, the physical improvement that has been seen team-wide. Uh, you know, the defense is tougher. They're just making, they're making better hits. They're making more impressive hits. Uh, they're shooting the gap better up front on, on the D-line. Um, and the coverage uh, in, the, in the secondary has been uh, improved from last year. They still have to clean some of that up because they kill, still will occasionally give up the big play. Uh, but you, you mentioned uh, Jordan Morgan. Cam Oliver, um, Jure Williams, Noel Williams. Some of these uh, defensive backs have shown some real skills and real improvement. I think Noel Williams still is, uh, is, is, is the best of the secondary people, but he's getting a lot more help than he's had in the past. And so uh, I think you have to definitely credit that, especially when you, you, you get five interceptions off of Logan Bonner, the quarterback that led Utah State to the Mountain West crown last year. The Rebels return home to Allegiant Stadium just off the Vegas Strip this week to take on New Mexico in Las Vegas for the first time since 2018. How does a short week impact preparation for both the players and the coaches? Well, they just have to dial things up uh, by, by an additional 24 hours. And I think, I think uh, Coach Arroyo had, had planned for this well in advance where, you know, the, based upon practices and, and based upon, uh, you know, the, the, what, the things that need to be done with regard to media and everything, uh, certain adjustments have been made. And uh, they went through this uh, last year and the year before as well, uh, in, in at least one or two of the weeks. So, yeah, that's what they do. They, sim- they simply make those adjustments and, and move things up by a day. And uh, everyone understands what's at stake here. I mean, the, the, the Rebels know that they need to do everything they can to keep the momentum going. And so uh, the, the short week is something, as I said, has been well planned out. And, and uh, I don't expect that to be too big of a factor for them. You know, they've got a couple of guys were hurt uh, in the Utah State game. And that's, their status is a little unclear going in. But uh, other than that, I, I expect the team to be very well prepared. And hopefully it will be a good crowd in, at Allegiant Stadium. And Russ, not looking too far past this week in a challenge at home against the New Mexico Lobos, but UNLV off to a hot start with a chance to do something that they haven't done in quite some time, and that's become bowl eligible with just three more wins the rest of the way out. There is a tough schedule in the middle part of the year and then a couple of very winnable games at the end of the 2022 campaign. Is that something that has been discussed internally? Is that monologue being shared about going for bowl eligibility towards the end of the season? Or have the coaching staff done a good job of kind of keeping these players focused on a week-to-week basis and keeping it locked on the Lobos this week? I think, the, if the, the, here's the thing. Um, the overwhelming majority of the team seems to be buying into the Arroyo structure, the Arroyo program, uh, the Arroyo philosophy. And part of that is take it game by game. Look ahead, but look ahead only to the next opponent. Don't, don't start looking too far ahead. Uh, I think that you, you get – I think the top coaches and managers in any sport, sport – Will, will preach that and hope that the team uh, that they're coaching or managing will buy in. 
because that's very important. I think the Rebels, for the most part, are doing just that. I mean, you can't help but look at the rest of the schedule, but what do you focus on? You have to focus on the next game. Um, but in but for, for you and I, Matt, we're not tied to that, so we can look at the rest of the schedule. And <laughs> it, it would seem that based upon – uh, based upon what the schedule is and, and the improvement the Rebels has shown, it's going gonna, it's gonna to boil down to who can stay on the field. If they can stay healthy, uh, uh, the key players, in particularly Doug Brumfield and Aiden Robbins and key members of that offensive line and, and the, the wide receiver core, and I said they have a couple of guys dinged up a wide receiver, but they are uh, fairly deep in that area. Um, and then obviously defensively, you have to, to keep guys on the field. There's, there's uh, a reason for optimism. Uh, looking ahead, that's it. Without trying to make a prediction as to number of wins or or bowl eligibility, it is nice because they have exceeded expectations. I don't think very many people expected the Rebels to be halfway to bowl eligibility four games into the season, and and the one loss they had against Berkeley, um, they were one play away from from winning that game, and they they held the Bears to three points in the second half. So um, the the expectations have have uh, really ratchet it up and uh, we'll just have to see again who can stay on the field because it, it what the rebels have demonstrated so far is if they can stay healthy which they have for the most part in four games um they they're they're formidable they, this program is on the rise and certainly turned the corner a big thank you to unlv play-by-play broadcaster russ langer for stopping by this week in the mountain west we'll take a look at the entire week five slate around the mountain west next this is brady hoke head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. This is Ryan at My Mattress. I'm here in the warehouse, and seriously, we have got to reduce inventory. I'm looking at a twin mattress that we're going to sell for $99. We've got a few of them. As long as they're here, we're going to blow them out this weekend only. Friday, Saturday at My Mattress, 981 South Main. I've got a queen $299 pillow top. I've got a Sealy Posturepedic over here that we're going to do at $699. I've got a couple IntelliBeds that we're going to put out there Friday and Saturday only at My Mattress. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Hey, it's Jackson from Mountain West Motor. I want to invite all of you to our off-road event and cookout on October 1st at 4 p.m. Bring your street-legal off-road vehicle and meet us at 4 p.m. at Mountain West Motor, 615 North Main in Logan. We will check out each other's rigs for about an hour, then head out around 5 p.m. to Providence Canyon. At the quarry, we'll have hot dogs and hamburgers ready for everyone who can make it. For more details, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. That is mwmotor.co. See you at 4 p.m. on October 1st at Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan, Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty.
I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. If you're about to turn 65, you have been bombarded with so much mail and pestering phone calls. Ditch the junk. We make Medicare easy. We will answer your questions and get you the information you need. We are your health insurance specialists. Call 752-9493. Having local help makes all the difference and there's no cost to you. We're here for you now and in the years to come. Call 752-9493 or visit lssins.com. This is Nate Kreckman with This Week in the Mountain West on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Jeff Tedford, head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The Week 5 schedule around the Mountain West Conference kicks off on Thursday night in Provo, Utah as the battle for the old wagon wheels. He's 1-3 Utah State, head to number 19 BYU in a 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, televised nationally on ESPN. With BYU joining the Big 12 in football next year, remaining dates in this longtime rivalry have been put on pause to accommodate a conference slate for the Cougars, so the 2022 edition of this longtime rivalry game may be the final one for quite some time. Two games Friday, including Brady Hoke and the San Diego State Aztecs heading up to Boise State to take on the Broncos in a battle of two and two teams. This 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff will be televised on FS1 and immediately following UNLV hosts New Mexico at 7 p.m. Pacific time as the Rebels look to go to 4-1 and for the first time in 19 years. CBS Sports Network has the national telecast. Only three games on Saturday and around the Mountain West, beginning with the first Service Academy showdown of 2022. 1-2 Navy heads to 3-1 Air Force for an early 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff on CBS from the Academy. In their final non-conference showdown of the year, Fresno State looks for their second win of the season on the road, taking on the Huskies of UConn at 3.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. And in the second game of a Mountain West CBS Sports Network doubleheader on Saturday, 2-1 San Jose State heads to Laramie to score off against Craig Bolt and the 3-2 Wyoming Cowboys. 5.30 Mountain Time kickoff in a conference battle. And that'll do it for the Week 5 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, scores, standings, and, of course, highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at vmw.com. I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the Week 5 action around the Mountain West Conference. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.